the word is audit. Audit, 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 audit. How many times have you heard me say audit? Check yourself. Make sure that what you're doing is, is compliant. My name is Pandy. And for those of you who are joining uh, the show for you know a very first time, uh, I'm an HR consultant. Um, I'm here in the Cincinnati market. And um, I work with companies that have employees from Hawaii to Massachusetts. So my specialty is compliance and regulatory. And what I have found over the past 40-some years is that some of us get very compliant. I mean, uh, uh, not compliant, but uh, complacent. Some of us just get so comfortable with doing the same thing over and over and over again that we fail to remember that maybe we've made some shortcuts. Maybe we aren't quite as thorough as we used to be or should be. I mean, that's all. I mean, if you're in HR, you know that things are changing at the speed of light. They have since about 2006. I, it's just been an absolute whirlwind of things that have just, um, well, it, I have a job. <laughs> I, I am, I, I'm very safe. Uh, let me just say that. But here's the deal. A great portion of what I do is help organizations through audits. And any labor law attorney that you talk to is going to offer you that service. Uh, you're really good. Now I'm talking about your veteran HR consultants. And when I mean veteran, I mean you should not be working with an HR consultant that's got less than 15 years experience. And I and I will look any HR consultant straight in the eye and tell them that. You you aren't a real consultant until you've been around and lived through um, the business ups and downs that uh, we have experienced. And, and that's what's really sad is that we've got individuals who don't understand the appreciation of experience. But audits have taught all of us that even with experience, you got to do things correctly. And a second pair of eyes on what you're doing is not something to be afraid of. And, and, and probably the easiest way to do this, to, to say this, is, look, how many of you have CFOs or controllers that have to go through bank audits? You have an outside group, a, a third party coming in and reviewing your finances. Well, HR's no less important. So what I thought we'd do is just kind of go over what I call the fundamental audit, just the very basics of what you should be looking at. And I'm talking about any size company. I, and we're not talking about deep stuff. I'm talking about the very the foundation for a company with two employees, 50 employees, 100 employees, the basic, basic stuff. And that starts with your personnel files. If you don't have personnel files, then you're already out of compliant. The Department of Labor requires that every organization that employs just even one person have and maintain 12 different pieces of information on that individual. 
Now, what's interesting, and we've talked about this in earlier podcasts, the, the, the DOL is not going to tell you that you have to have it in a certain format. They're not going to tell you that you have to collect it in a certain format. But if they ask, if the EEOC, Wage and Hour, OSHA, any of their organizations that are up underneath the Department of Labor, if they ask you for it, you've got it, you are required to provide it. And many of you do so through a personnel file. But with that, understand, and if you haven't been listening to our podcast, go back to the podcast I did it uh, quite a while ago, earlier in the year, I believe here in 2023, that we talk about the five different files you can have on every employee. The one we're talking about right now is the personnel file. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because not everything, not all the information that you collect or that you uh, have on an employee can go in a personnel file. So your audit is actually focused on, number one, do you have it? Do you have the basic information that the Department of Labor requires? But are you also adding prohibited information in that personnel file? And if you are, that needs to be pulled. That needs to be kept in another place for another reason, maybe maybe even another entity, another organization, another another division of the Department of Labor or someone else. But personal files is where I start. What are you collecting? And then within that conversation, a good labor law attorney or a, a, an experienced consultant is going to be able to look at what you're using in that personal file. And they're going to be able to tell you, hey, this form is not compliant, or the way you're gathering this information is not legal. You know, or do you have social security numbers in the wrong area? I remember distinctly looking at a client here this past year, and she was collecting, she actually had a form that one of the previous managers had collected on everyone asking them their medical conditions. And I said, well, you know, just for curiosity, what, why would you need to know their allergies? And she said, oh, because he liked to eat peanuts. And so he wanted to know if anyone else had a peanut allergy. I said, oh, okay, I can see why he thought that was justified. But the dilemma was he wasn't just stopping there because if somebody's going to report, if, he, if you're going to ask allergies, you're not specifically asking, are you allergic to peanuts? He was getting all of their allergies, which might include allergies of medications. But the point was, it was a question you can't ask and keep in personnel files. It's that you just don't ask that kind of stuff. And a good labor law attorney, an experienced HR consultant will help you with that. They'll also be able to help you understand what you're missing. What aren't you collecting? Like beneficiaries on life insurance policies, beneficiaries on HSA accounts, if you're collecting the paperwork, things that are relevant and important, but they can slip between the cracks. Second, what about your handbook? Now, some of you are going to say, well, I don't even have a handbook. Well, and you know, that's okay. There is no federal or state law requiring that you have an employee handbook. But if you do, when was the last time you had someone take a look at that? In my fundamental audit, that is... That is top on the priority list because what we want to do is make sure that you've got core, and I mean core, employee policies, the non-negotiables, 
that are somehow wrapped around a law of some sort, either by the EEOC, wage and hour, maybe even just, you know, Title VII, but, but somehow they're non-negotiables. And employees all need to understand that if you're going to operate as a professional, substantial business, hey, I, I have to abide by these laws, so you need to be aware that I don't tolerate, tolerate harassment. I provide equal employment to all. I employ everyone by at will. There are core policies, and having your handbook reviewed at least at least once every two years, I say every year, but have it looked over. That's definitely a part of a fundamental HR audit. Then we can go, number three, let's slide over to your I-9s. I had an organization email me the other day and say, hey, what if we don't have I-9s on everybody? Can we just skip it? An audit will help you understand how to handle these kind of questions and make sure that you have everything. Because remember, I-9s are overseen by Homeland Security. The Department of Labor has nothing to do with them. And how we maintain, retain, even obtain I-9s is very different and very specific. I-9s are important. They're in your fundamental audit. So that's your number three. Of course, I can't avoid this, but I add in my fundamental audit your labor law posters. And why is this important? Because not only do the employees on site have to have access to your posters, but what about all your remote workers? If you have out-of-state employees, those out-of-state employees have to have access to their state labor law posters. They need to be aware of the labor laws in that state and the policies by which they get to fall under. Remember, California and New York, Illinois, they are so different than a state like Ohio or Arizona or, oh oh gosh, Wyoming, Utah. They are so different, but you have to communicate that stuff. So putting a second pair of eyes on that, are you compliant in your labor law posters? And then, of course, number, where are we at? Number five, wage an hour. I always go down in a fundamental audit and review, are you properly classifying your employees. Again, this is this is one that you don't want to cut corners on. Talk to your labor law attorney. They will help you understand the new criteria by which to com- to compare and classify 1099s or W2 and the up and coming new language and the new threshold in classifying individuals exempt and non-exempt. And again, if you work with an experienced veteran HR consultant, they will help you understand how these changes have have <laughs> literally gone up and down and up and down and up and down over the last few 15, what, 15 years or so, and 
why this stuff is so important and the consequences for not paying somebody correctly. The war stories that a veteran labor law attorney or a veteran HR consultant can tell you in regards to the mistakes that others have made. And this is what we're trying to prevent you from doing. We want you to understand that sometimes we get a little overconfident. Sometimes we've got supervisors who absolutely insist that somebody's a 1099 when in fact they are without a doubt a W-2 and that puts your business at a huge risk. But then to wrap up this audit, this fundamental audit, I, if the company offers employee benefits, and I'm talking about medical, dental, vision, if you're offering medical benefits to your employees, you are obligated under federal law to also notify them of particular programs available to them by the government. These are called annual notifications. Your broker should be helping you with this, but it's your responsibility no matter what. So if your broker hasn't been including this in the information communicated to your employees, you can be held liable. And I always go through with my clients and say, look, be aware that this this program exists, this program exists, this is the documentation, this is, and this all has to be given to your employees every year. I, I traditionally encourage them to do it at open enrollment so that they, if they don't find a plan affordable, they understand that these other plans are available to them and how to acquire them. It's not rocket science, guys. It really, really is not rocket science. But a fundamental audit can literally keep you so far away from trouble. And this is, this is not, it doesn't take long to do this. I always tell my clients, the most difficult part about this, that entire audit that I just went through, the most difficult part of it, I don't care how many employees you have, is going to be the handbook and you guys approving my recommendations and suggestions. So why wouldn't you do this? Why wouldn't you just put a second pair of eyes to what you're doing? Hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing could happen, you might have to tweak a couple things. And the best thing that could happen is that you get things completely caught up and cleaned up. Or your consultant looks at you and says, oh my gosh, you've done such a great job. We don't need to change a thing. And if you've been listening to the, to the human resource... That may be you. And for your sake, I hope it is. Thanks for listening. And go get your audit. (laughs) 